Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. Torre is out chasing wild turkeys around Brooklyn. Just kidding. Um, he is out with an emergency and so has left me to my own devices to hold down Democracy-ish all by my lonesome. Folks, we are, hmm, I don't know, three weeks of, from when we got the terrific news that flooded the streets of cities across this country and around the globe that Joe Biden had become the vice president-elect. But during this time, during these three awfully long weeks where I feel like I may have aged um, at least 100 years— Joe Biden had been forced to begin to crowdfund his transition because Emily Murphy, the administrator of the U.S. General Services Administration, had taken it upon herself to hold the transition funds hostage. Now, what do those transition funds do? Oh, I don't know. It's millions of dollars that allow for the Biden-Harris team to begin uh, to do the work of transitioning into power. That means getting email addresses. That means getting access into agencies. That means using the money that is necessary to begin the hard work of rebuilding the fuck show that Trump has left for them. Well, Emily Murphy took it upon herself to say that she was going to use some type of frivolous precedent of the 2000 election and say that she was not going to release those funds unless she saw fit. Well, as it turns out, that happened earlier this week. And why did that happen? And I'll read you a bit of her letter because I think that it's important to really underscore the bullshit that she was spilling, and then what Trump said afterwards. Essentially this, Emily Murphy had decided upon herself uh, that given what happened in 2000 with the 37 days that it took between the election and the Supreme Court of the United States appointing uh, George W. Bush president of the United States, um, that she was going to allow Donald Trump to exhaust every single one of his legal paths to victory. Well, here's the problem with her assertion. Is that, well, mm, in 2000, we were talking about a difference of votes of 537. 
537, essentially like a fairly big handful. In this election, some 20 years later, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of votes in difference. We are also talking about a historic win by President-elect Joe Biden, where he has won the popular vote at this point as numbers are still being uh, tallied, as ballots are still being tallied, um, some 7 million votes. So while Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani sweating, you know, die from his face, standing in front of the Four Seasons landscaping uh, company, puts out frivolous lawsuit after frivolous lawsuit that gets laughed out of court, um, Emily was just churning her wheels. She is a Trump appointee. And this is what she said earlier this week when she decided to grant President-elect Joe Biden what we had all granted him and Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris three weeks ago. She says this at the top of her letter to Joe Biden. Dear Mr. Biden, As the administrator of the U.S. General Services Administration, I have the ability under the Presidential Transaction of 1963 as amended to make certain post-election resources and services available to assist in the event of a presidential transition. I take this role seriously, and because of recent developments involving legal challenges and certifications of election results, I'm transmitting this letter today to make those resources and services available to you. Well, folks, let me pause for a moment and and tell you why. Uh, Why Emily? uh, And when I hear her name, by the way, I don't know if you guys have obsessively watched The Devil Wears Prada in the way that I have, but I hear... Um, Meryl Streep saying, Emily, Emily. That's how I want to say her name. Okay. Anyway, side note. So what happened to make Emily decide to do her job, uh, this week? Well, it was the fact that the Republican canvassers, uh, in Michigan decided Mm -hmm. Uh, after their two coup attempts to discount the votes of Black people in Wayne County, which is where Detroit is situated, when they finally decided that they were going to certify the election results, um, Donald Trump had no goddamn path in Michigan, right? Also, earlier, we had also done the 5 million vote recount by hand in Georgia, which also was certified Joe Biden's win in Georgia. So again, this was not a situation that was similar to that in the 2000 election when we are talking about a handful of votes in comparison to the margins that President-elect Joe Biden won in these battleground areas. This motherfucker flipped multiple red states, okay? And not by a little bit, not by the skin of his teeth. And so at this point, Emily had no grounds to fucking stand on to say that she was not going to do the job that she was appointed to do, which was usher in the transition. So this is what she says in her second. Oh, no, no, no. Let me let me read you the third paragraph, because th- this one I really like, because 
there is something about this like inherent victimization that Republicans just like can't fucking let go of. These people have suppressed the vote. They have gerrymandered districts. And now when black and brown people vote in mass, they want to tell you, you as a person are just illegitimate and so shouldn't count at all, right? This is what the Republican canvassers in Michigan wanted to do. There was no fucking fraud, right? We've we've been told multiple times by several intelligence agencies, by the election infrastructure agency on their own, that this historic election with historic turnout was the safest in history, given the fact that folks, before we had even gotten to November 3rd, 100 million Americans had already voted, right? And funny enough, the only fraud that we really learned about and was talked about in the media for a hot minute came from, guess what? A Trump supporter that tried to get his dead mother to vote. So how about that? But, you know, Republicans won't talk about that. But listen to this uh, third paragraph after Emily goes off to talk about her life in public service and how she's so dedicated to the American people. Suck it. This is what she says. Contrary to media reports and insinuations, my decision was not made out of fear or favoritism. Instead, I strongly believe that the statute requires that the GSA administrator ascertain, not impose, the apparent president-elect. Apparent president-elect. See, this is what, this is why language is important. And this is what Republicans, the, I guess, total of seven uh, that have come out and recognized Joe Biden as the president-elect have said, apparent, right? Because it allows them to still have cover and favor with their king, Donald Trump, who they don't want to upset for fear of getting banished from the castle. She goes on to say, unfortunately, the statute provides no procedures or standards for this process. So I look to the president precedent from prior elections involving legal challenges and incomplete counts. Again, let me just make clear. There were no incomplete counts. What was happening is that Republicans ahead of time were making it difficult for those counting the ballots to begin counting them as they came in, right? They didn't want that to happen. They didn't want these mail-in ballots, first of all, to be counted at all because any mechanism by which we make voting easier in this country, Republicans will push back against. Why? Because when more people vote, they lose. The desire has always been for people not to be able to vote. And by people, I mean Black people and people of color. Because they know, and what they have always feared since the beginning of Jim Crow, since slavery, right, is that if Black people were to have autonomy, if Black people were to be treated like full and complete citizens of these United States— then they would be asked out, and rightfully so, with their oppressive bullshit, right? Which is why they put in all of these tricks and hoops that Black folks have to jump through. And guess what? 
in these red of red states, they fucking did. They did the work. And so how dare you have the audacity to then, after people risk their lives to vote in person, right? To leave their homes, to mail in ballots in the midst of a global health pandemic, tell people that your votes don't count and they don't matter. You have right now the naked truth being let out, which we have all known, right? Which is that Republicans don't want Black people to vote. So you have Donald Trump, right? And his band of feckless fucking lawyers working overtime right now to overturn places like Philadelphia and Michigan, particularly going into the counties where the majority of those that voted are people of color. And guess what? The rest of the Republican Party says nothing. They're not coming out and saying, no, the people have spoken and this is what we work to do in a democracy and that it is up to us to present better policies and better proposals to the American people to actually win over their votes. No, as Donald Trump and his circus performers of lawyers move forward with their cases, Republicans continue to say nothing. But we see what they're doing. We see who they're going after. And you know what gets me? is remembering what Donald Trump said back in 2015. He told Black people, what do you got to lose? Remember that? Remember when Donald Trump stood up in front of, I don't know, his four Blacks, and I'm pretty sure he referred to the Black people in the audience as his Blacks, um, as they stupidly fucking cheered behind him? Um, He said, what do you have to lose? Well, I don't know everything, right? Our access to healthcare, our access to a free and clear education, right? Um, Our lives, because you told police officers around this country that it's okay to rough them up a little bit, where you are praising a white supremacist like Kyle Rittenhouse, who shot and killed two protesters in Wisconsin. Motherfuckers bailed him out. Two million dollars. What do we have to lose? Oh, I don't know. Literally everything. And so here we are where it is finally solidified. It was also announced this week that President-elect Joe Biden will receive his first presidential briefing on Monday. Now, it is not just pettiness and foolishness that we have had to live under for the past three weeks as the Biden-Harris team has been stalled in their ability to transition. It's not just that and the frivolous lawsuits, uh, up to 40 that have been thrown out now. No. It's the fact that every single day that the Biden-Harris team has been denied the ability to transition, we are costing Americans their lives and our safety. Transitions are important. Peaceful transitions matter. We've never had to consider what it was like to live through a non-peaceful transition 
in modern times because it has just been assumed that batons would be passed. But let us not all pretend that Donald Trump didn't tell us some many months ago when he was asked at the White House, will you concede if you lose? Will there be a peaceful transition? And he looked at the American people through these reporters and he said, "Mm, we'll see. So I don't know why everybody is pretending now that they're so shocked and surprised that this is happening. So with a handful of days to go, which, you know, it's really not a handful. It's like, I don't know, 50 some odd fucking days until we get to Inauguration Day. What's up next in the Trump fuckery before he fucks off for good? Well, coming up next is who wants to get pardoned, right? This is the new game show that we're going to be playing for the next 50 some odd days. Now, again, pardons were created so that people who were unjustly uh, prosecuted, um, placed into the criminal justice system, could be granted clemency or a commutation of their sentences or pardon altogether. Well, we have seen over the past four years that Donald Trump, I mean, he was pardoning people like in the first couple of months of his administration, which should have been a ding, ding, ding alarm to everybody. Because pardons are usually, you know, held until folks are on their way out. It is like the last things that they do. And you kind of get to see how folks want their legacy to be remembered in this particular space. For Barack Obama, he pardoned a lot of folks that had low-level drug offenses that were serving out these quote-unquote zero-tolerance sentences where they were in jail for 20, 30 fucking years for like a dime bag of weed. Donald Trump, however, who did he pardon? Blagojevich, criminal from Chicago. Remember, he was selling uh, selling like Barack Obama's like state Senate seat. You had um, the chief of police, Arapaio, the fucking racist in Arizona. Um, he pardoned him. Um, he commuted Roger Stone's sentence, but several months ago. Everybody that has received a pardon or a commutation of their sentences around Donald Trump have been either outward bigots, outward criminals, and Trump flunkies, right? Um, we we do know that we've had, uh, thanks to the likes of Kim Kardashian West, uh, several people that have been pardoned um, who are these low-level drug offenders or, you know, women that have been caught up because of their boyfriends or fiancés or whomever and have never committed a crime before but were serving out 20, 30-year sentences. So that did happen. Why? Because Donald Trump really cares about celebrity and really cares about being relevant. And so that was her mode of, of operandi. Them. But here's what's being floated this week, which should trouble us all. Michael Flynn, 
who lasted as around, I believe, less than 30 days uh, as Donald Trump's uh, national security uh, advisor who has pled guilty twice, right? Who was fired after less than 30 days by Donald Trump because of his relationship with Russia. Donald Trump is signaling to his staff that he is getting ready to pardon Mike Flynn. Flynn is awaiting a ruling from Judge Sullivan uh, on the Justice Department's motion to withdraw its charges. Uh, The motion raised alarms, and this is according to the New York Times, um, about the political influence at the department. I mean, give me a break. It's raised alarms. Did the sirens ever go off at the Department of Justice? You know, ever since it, it was ever since we watched William Barr get up in front of the American people and lie about the contents of the Mueller report, right? Did we believe that there was no political influence then? Give me a break. This show is from the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. 
What up, y'all? It's Torre, and on my podcast, Torre Show, I interview successful black rappers, actors, writers, politicians, all sort of people to talk about what powered their rise, how they built their success, and what their superpower is. Through our conversations, you'll learn about how you can achieve your goals. Listen to Torre Show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are streamed. And go further and become a member of our community on Patreon, where you'll get exclusive episodes. Nonetheless, um, Donald Trump has said that he has said in, in multiple tweets as well, because, you know, this is this is how we do things these days, that he has the intentions to pardon him because Michael Flynn has been wrongly prosecuted, that no American citizen should ever be treated in the way that Mike Flynn has been treated. Mike Flynn lied to the FBI multiple times. Mike Flynn is not a dummy. Mike Flynn knew what he was doing, but now has changed lawyers and teams because he wants to fight against the prosecution and he wants to fight against the fact that he, guess what, pled guilty not once, but twice. So. According to the New York Times, transcripts that were declassified in May show that they were extensive and that in three phone calls, the men mm -hmm, uh, who Flynn was involved with discussed how Washington and, and Moscow might improve ties, how Russia should respond to punitive actions by the departing Obama administration in response to, tr in response to Russia's election interference. I mean, it's just... So fucking obvious and clear what's been happening here. What Mike Flynn has been involved in, why Jeff Sessions, his initial AG, who he kicked out of the job, recused himself from the dealings of this case and anything that had to do with Russia, because none of their hands are clean, folks. They are all fucking filthy because they are liars and they are criminals. And what we're going to see over the next several weeks as we make the march to inauguration are the series of pardons, right, that Donald Trump is going to issue. Now, here's what's really concerning to me, is that there's a possibility, right, that Donald Trump is not only going to try and pardon himself, um, but that he's going to pardon his entire family. He is going to pardon literally everybody around him, probably Rudy Giuliani, of course, right? Because if you remember, Giuliani got on Fox News one day when he was on the outs with the president and basically said, you don't cover me, I won't cover you, Right? Now, you have uh, client, uh, client attorney privilege, but we all pretty much see that Rudy Giuliani is skeezy. He's like a fucking weasel. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the dripping of the hair dye to me was even better than the fly landing on Mike Pence's head. Because both signal just the the deterioration, right, of this administration. Just, you know, flies land on shit. 
hence Pence. Um, Rudy Giuliani melting before our eyes like the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz who had water dumped on her. That's what like the light of day does to these people, right? It reveals who they are. It is, in fact, like the Washington, Washington Post has said, it is the greatest disinfectant, light, right? And so Donald Trump is terrified right now. This is why the man's schedule. Have you ever known? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Anyone, any president to not have anything on their schedule for weeks at a time. Donald Trump hasn't done dick in over two weeks, except for golf, right? 260,000 Americans are dead. And this motherfucker was at Mar-a-Lago over the weekend, right? Golfing. Republicans say nothing. We have a virus that is running out of control, coming up against two major holidays in the United States where people will be gathering indoors. Donald Trump is golfing with nothing, nothing, folks, on his schedule, nothing that we are able to see. I've never seen anyone with all of the legal challenges to this election fight fight so hard, fight tooth and nail for a job that they don't actually want to do, Right? They don't actually, he doesn't actually want to be president. He just wants the bulletproof shield of the presidency against all of the other lawsuits that he is up against. Let me tell you something that I found a little bit disheartening uh, this week. And then, you know, all of my lawyer friends are like, Danielle, relax, relate, release. This is good news. And I'm like, is it? So president-elect Joe Biden sat down with NBC's Lester Holt. And we saw clips uh, of this interview uh, during the week. It's going to, you know, air in its entirety, I'm assuming, uh, after the holiday. And in the interview, Lester Holt asks uh, Biden whether or not he will direct the Department of Justice to pursue federal charges against Donald Trump and the Trump administration. Now. Let's be clear that we have been living in the black mirror version of America for the last four years. The Department of Justice is supposed to operate as an independent agency. It is not supposed to be the personal law firm of the president of the United States, right? 
So the question in and of itself that Lester Holt posed um, was kind of like a... I don't want to say that it was like an, a you gotcha question, but it was essentially allowing for Biden to signal one way or the other where he falls on the even potential of there being prosecution of a former president of the United States. Well, Joe Biden, in his response, I will give you the cliff notes, essentially says that he is not going to direct the Department of Justice, that there are several uh, cases at the state level, uh, particularly within the Southern District of New York, being brought by Cyrus Vance and being brought by uh, Tish James, that he is not going to get in the way of. And he also said that he was not going to get in the way of what the Department of Justice, whenever he appoints our next uh, attorney general of the United States, he's not going to get in the way, but he's not going to direct, right? My friends who are attorneys, because I tweeted out that I was incredibly disheartened um, by this response and that... I need more, right? Like, I need to know that somebody is going to be held accountable. I tweeted this. It's disheartening to hear Joe Biden in the interview with Lester Holt say he won't direct the Department of Justice to pursue justice. Trump is a criminal. And if we're not going to prosecute him and all involved, then what comes in his place will be worse. There is no healing without justice. That's my honest-to-God belief. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have created a a campaign and an administration that is about America's best days being ahead of us, that is about healing this country. When we listened this week to his initial group of cabinet members, we heard their stories. And I don't know about you, but my shoulders fell from my ears. I had water in my eyes, and I swear to you, I was not in Thanksgiving prep mode with onions. But listening to these people talk about their service to this country, but not service to any particular president, listening to their stories of being immigrants, of of, of children of color, of wanting to dedicate their lives to democracy, to lifting this nation up, right, and, and creating a compassionate and hopeful right? Country. I got choked up. I did. Because it's been so long since somebody with the last name Trump or some major Republican donor wasn't filling up some spot within some agency that their whole desire was to destroy, was to gut or to grift off of. I forgot what it was like. I forgot that there were actually You know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, career public servants who entered into their work because they believe about the responsibility in bettering this nation, in helping us perfect this union. But when I listen to those people and I contrast that against what we have lived with for the past four years, 
If we allow Donald Trump and everyone around him, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Jared Kushner, Stephen Miller, Ivanka Trump, if we allow these people to get off scot-free, allow them to rebuild their political persona, allow them to re-enter gracefully into polite society without pursuing justice. I've said this on my own show. What comes in Donald Trump's place will be worse. You see, we got to this point with a Trump figure because we failed to prosecute former presidents in the past. We allowed them, like Nixon, to just quietly resign and go off into the sunset. We allowed them, like George W., like Reagan, like George W. Bush, to just, you know, have the ability to keep their legacies intact. Donald Trump is a blatant, bold criminal. He's created not one, but two humanitarian crises over the over the last four years. He has broken the emoluments clause. He has grifted. I think it was reported in the New York Times or somewhere that within the first couple of years of this administration, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump made like $160 million. They're making like $80 million a year off of their positions. We've seen exposés of how Donald Trump increased the membership level at Mar-a-Lago, right? $250,000 is the buy-in so that you get to rub shoulders with that walking coronavirus. If these people are not held accountable for their cruelty, for their lives, for their grift, then just imagine the nightmare that comes in their place. I'll tell you, folks, that the only reason why Donald Trump didn't win re-election was because of the coronavirus. 73 million Americans looked at the last four years and said to themselves, that's my guy. These are the same people that right now are in cars for miles in Texas and other red states waiting in line for food pantries. You know, I would love, because I would be that dick, I would love to knock on those people's windows and ask them who they voted for. And And where the disconnect came. You're standing in line waiting in a food pantry because you've either been one of the 40 million Americans that have lost their jobs. This Republican administration hasn't put together any stimulus or relief package for you. Whatever little relief is left is going to be done at the end of next month. They gave you 12, they only gave some of us $1,200. Just a one-time payment, $1,200. But I guarantee you that the 
thousands, tens of thousands of those people that are in their cars waiting for free food got into a voting booth or mailed in their ballot for Donald Trump. It makes absolutely no good goddamn sense. And so the only reason why we are not recording this from another country uh, in a bunker somewhere is because as the election came around, Donald Trump had killed a quarter of a million Americans with his negligence with regard to the coronavirus, with his desire to turn wearing a mask into a complete and total political fiasco. But just think for a moment, had that not happened, had the coronavirus never hit, Donald Trump would have been reelected. Because 55% of white women voted for him, 3% more than did in 2016. Over 70% of white men voted for Donald Trump, more so than he got in 2016. He gained votes. So it, it's, not, it's not a stretch of our imagination to believe that he could have won even without Putin's help. So if we don't hold Donald Trump and the administration accountable for their grift, for their lies, for their crimes against humanity, for, I don't know, it's over 600 children that we can't reconnect with their parents. He threw children in cages. He told Bob Woodard he knew that the coronavirus was deadly. It's more deadly than the flu. We heard it in his own voice, but did nothing about it. In that time, still continued to say it was a hoax. We know that he is making money off of his presidency. We know that he is doing arms deals right now with Mohammed bin Salam in Saudi Arabia. He's doing all of this dirt in Israel and Palestine. He's appointed flunkies to the Department of Defense where I believe they are collecting the intel so that they can sell it. Once this new administration comes in. So if these people are not held accountable, what comes up in his place will be more strategic, more eloquent, more polished, and therefore the prettier packaged version of Donald Trump. Because America was already willing to swallow this harsh shit. So they definitely will be up for the next round if we do not put guardrails actual, legal guardrails in place to ensure that someone like this never happens again. And you do so by making an example of the criminal in chief.
And so while I will say, yes, Joe Biden shouldn't say outwardly, I'm going to direct because the Department of Justice is supposed to be a separate entity. But I also need for him to say what Adam Schiff told us right before the House voted to impeach, that it was midnight in America. And that if we do not hold presidents to the same standards that we do the American people, then our system crumbles. Our democracy will snap and break. It is the responsibility of all of us moving forward to ensure that the people that we have voted in do not decide to turn the other cheek. Do not decide to walk away from their responsibility because they believe that the American people have had enough. We have had enough. We've endured incredible strife over the past four years, incredible heartache, incredible pain, anxiety, loss. But the only way that we heal is if we have a reckoning. And that reckoning comes with prosecuting those that try to destroy us. Thanks, folks, for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody, and we will be back, Torre and I, with his wild turkeys next week, if there is a country, which I'm assuming, folks, fingers crossed and toes as well, that there will be. (laughs) 